Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. I hope everybody had a wonderful week. Today's topic will be West Nile virus. Um, if you like, you can include it as part of the virus versus bacteria um, series I did earlier a few months ago. Um, <clears throat> this one is going to be West Nile virus, as I mentioned. Uh, you might have heard of West Nile most recently due to an outbreak in Texas in 2012. Um, and you may even know that West Nile um, has been carried by mos- mosquitoes. Um, but what is it exactly? And what does it do? You know, what what is the state of treatment for it? Um, in today's show, we'll dig deeper into this illness and find out what the current status is um, as far as treatment and um, diagnosis, that sort of thing. Before we get started, I would like to remind you that this show is live. It's live right now. Um, It goes online on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Sorry, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are on Zoom. If you'd like to talk to me, please call 1-646-558-8656. This is a United States number, so your long-distance charges may apply. It's through New York. Um, our meeting ID for Zoom, if you'd like to join me in the chat, is 465-172-882. With that said, let's go ahead and continue with West Nile virus. So, West Nile, what is West Nile virus? Of course, it's it's a virus. Um, it is typically carried by mosquitoes. Um, generally, most people who contract West Nile have a very mild, have very very mild symptoms. Um, however, in about one percent of the, of people, uh, the virus infects infects the nervous system, uh, which causes the severe life de- life threatening complications that you may have heard about. Um, <clears throat> but that's only actually one percent of the population. Um, So what are the symptoms of West Nile virus? Um, About 20% of people who contract the virus suffer from the milder form, okay, that I just mentioned. That is actually called West Nile fever. Um, Symptoms of West Nile fever, again, not the more severe form. Um, Symptoms of the fever include, of course, fever, (laughs) diarrhea, vomiting, fatigue, and a rash. Um... The symptoms of the severe West Nile virus infection include a very, very high fever, 
um, stiffness in the neck, disorientation and confusion of the patient, uh, numbness, partial paralysis or weakness in the body, seizures or tremors, vision loss, and uh, coma. This is again because the virus has turned to attacking the nervous system and all of these things, um, the numbness, disorientation, and confusion, uh, and paralysis, that has to do with the nervous system breaking down. Um, <clears throat> symptoms of West Nile can last a few days, um, but symptoms and complications of severe West Nile infection, um, such as meningitis, can last for months, um, or they can be permanent. Um, although a mild case of the virus will usually resolve on its own, a severe case that invades the nervous system, as I mentioned, requires immediate care and hospitalization. Um, again, so if, if you have the severe, severe form of West Nile, it's imperative that you get to a hospital. So I'm going to take a quick break, and after the break, we'll get into the causes of West Nile, and um, we'll continue from there. There is a lot of exciting happenings here at New Arts Educational Group and here are your announcements for the month of April 2021. Happy birthday to Ariana Penzo, April 2nd, Arlen Yu, April 7th, Greg Clark, April 9th, Benjamin Clark, April 12th, Seth Mashukla, April 16th, Kerry Bushop, April 19th, Joy T. Agar, April 24th, Sarika Gaba, April 29th. And happy anniversary to the following people. Chin Mei Avin, April 3rd. Ming Wei Chong, April 14th. Chad Stewart, April 16th. John Atkin, April 30th. A special thank you to Friend Weiner for donating nine photographs on Canvas Pictures for NHEG Walls. We will treasure this always. New Heights Educational Group and Pamela Clark are now ambassadors of the American Business Awards. A special thank you to Silicon Valley High School for their continued sponsorship of this radio show. New Heights Educational Group has announced new affiliations with ABC Mouse and Gamefly. ABC Mouse, Reading IQ, and Adventure Academy offers a step-by-step -step learning path with 10 levels, over 850 lessons, and more than 10,000 individual learning activities. Learn more at abcmouse.com. Gamefly has been the leader for renting the best video games through the mail to gamers in the U.S. for the last 18 years. NHEG will earn commission on each new user that signs up for the free trial or one of the prepaid plans that start at $9.5 per month. Gamefly offers over 8,000 titles for PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, and other consoles. There is no better way for gamers to make the most of their new system by using Gamefly. Learn more at www.gamefly.com. New height Educational Group Executive Director Pamela Clark stated, We are always looking for ways to grow offerings and bring opportunities to the public. These are two great examples. We look forward to a lasting affiliation with these organizations. To learn more about NHEG, visit www.newheighteducation.org. NHEG announces a new partnership with Natural Born Leaders, which includes their Active Learning Starter Program and its 
Business Teacher Support Online Training Program. Visit preschool-naturalbornleaders.thinkific.com slash courses slash active learning booster for a full information on the content and instant access to free model with free video training materials. The Ambassador Program and Partners and Affiliations provide funds to NHEG when someone places another. Thank you for the continued support of all state insurance and all those that donated through our Facebook fundraiser. We couldn't accomplish what we do without you. Do have a great month. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So in the first segment of the show, in case you missed it, we're talking about West Nile virus. We went over some of the symptoms of West Nile, what to look out for. Um, also, 20% of people actually only contract, uh, contract the uh, mild form of West Nile called West Nile fever. Um, only 1% of the population who gets West Nile um, actually has severe symptoms. Um, if you'd be interested to know further about those, you know, to know more information about those symptoms, this episode, as well as all of my episodes, will be uploaded to our website um, at www.newheightseducation.org, um, just in case you missed the first segment. So again, we're going through what causes what uh, West Nile, and basically West Nile is a virus. Um, it has more to do right now with trans, uh, besides being a virus, it, it, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, transmission routes. Um, West Nile is usually transmitted through infected mosquitoes, as I mentioned, um, which can bite either humans or animals. Also, mosquitoes can contract West Nile from uh, infected animals such as birds. Um, that's usually how the mosquito gets it. Um, that being said, you cannot get West Nile from casual contact with an inf infected person or animal. Um, it actually has to go directly into the bloodstream. Um, transmission routes are limited and include, again, mosquitoes. You can get it from having an organ transplant, a blood transfusion, or in some cases from mother to child during a pregnancy. Um, I do want to note here on blood transfusions in case anybody suddenly gets nervous because I said that uh, blood donors are regularly screened for West Nile. So transmission through a blood transfusion is rare. I list it because it is possible. Um, but again, it's very rare because um, there is a lot of screening that goes on um, before a blood donor gives blood. Um, so if you have, you know, if you have a procedure that requires some sort of blood transfusion, I, I really would not be too worried about it. Um, more than likely, the blood you receive is just fine. Um, West Nile will, will most often spread in the warmer months, of course, because of the prevalence of mosquitoes, and that's when they're most active. Um, the incubation period, which is, of course, if, um, if you don't remember, it is the period between the actual infection and the appearance of symptoms. It's about 10 days. Um, that's called the incubation period. If you've listened to some of my other uh, podcasts, you'll know that term well. Um, so what are some risk factors for West Nile? 
I'm going to take another quick break so we can hear from Silicon Valley High School and then we'll get into risk factors for West Nile virus. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Erica Hansen. So today we're talking about West Nile virus. Um, I encourage you, if you've missed the first two segments of this show, just go back um, once it's uploaded to the website and it will be available to you there. Um, So what are risk factors for West Nile virus? So some of the risk factors, um, most most, uh, cases of West Nile, again, as I mentioned before the break, occur between the months of June and September, uh, 48 of the 50 states in the USA have had have had cases of West Nile at one point or another. There have been um, several outbreaks um, from like the 90s on is probably the most um, recognizable. Although we have had outbreaks earlier, there were there were a couple I believe in the 70s. Um, but if you've heard about West Nile, it's usually because Um, of an incident that happened either in the 90s forward. Um, There are further risk factors for contracting the more severe severe form of West Nile. Um, These are your age. An older person is more at risk for developing severe West Nile symptoms. Um, That that tracks pretty easily. Um, Older individuals may have um, certain vulnerabilities in their system that make it um, easier for the virus to um, be contracted and spread throughout the system. Um, Certain conditions are also a risk factor for West Nile virus, such as diabetes, cancer, and hypertension. That's high blood pressure. Um, Increase a person's risk for severe symptoms. Um, having an organ transplant also increases a person ri- person's risks, and that's because of what we talked about before the break. The fact that it is um, it is possible to get West Nile from a blood transfusion or other uh, procedure like that, um, although it is very rare. Um, <clears throat> again, you know I would encourage people who might have some of these conditions uh, such as diabetes or hypertension talk to your doctor get those controlled it'll significantly lower your risk of getting these diseases um, because those conditions the diabetes etc they they um, put extra stress on your immune system so you know, and there are other factors going into what certain conditions do to your body to make it more vulnerable to a disease like West Nile. So 
definitely talk to your doctor if you think you have any of these conditions like diabetes or hypertension or you know cancer or anything like that um, and see what we can do what you can do about controlling them it'll it'll really help you out um, for various reasons including controlling something or preventing yourself from contracting something like West Nile so how do you prevent West Nile virus I'll get into that right after this break. And I'll see you on the other side of the break with prevention and the diagnosis and treatment of West Nile. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Today we've been talking about West Nile virus as our topic. And um, I've gone through several segments talking about what West Nile is and how you can contract it. Let's talk about prevention. Um, So the best way to guard against contracting West Nile is to limit exposure to mosquitoes. That's pretty obvious. Um, Clean and dispose of items that can hold standing water, um, gutters, planters around your home, uh, fountains, that sort of thing. If you have a water feature in your garden, make sure that that's cleaned out regularly. Um, The reason is mosquitoes tend to breed in still water, um, so you don't want to provide (laughs) a breeding ground for um, mosquitoes. That's the first thing. Um, wear long sleeve shirts and pants when outside Um, make sure to apply mosquito repellent um, and cover your child's stroller with mosquito netting if possible when you take them out into a stroller or something like that Um, and of course you know always wear um, mosquito repellent Um, it's it's good practice just in general Um, whether or not Um, you happen to be you know in the months of June to September um, always wear some sort of bug repellent it's all it's just good practice Um, and also you know I know covering yourself um, while going outside especially in the hotter months it can be uncomfortable Um, I would suggest maybe um, layering might be a possibility a, a t-shirt um, over a longer sleeved um, shirt uh, light fabrics is also good of course for this um, you know don't don't get yourself so hot that you you know faint or, or make yourself uncomfortable but do be aware that um mosquitoes will attack beer skin which everybody knows um but i thought it worth mentioning um so how does one diagnose and treat diagnose and treat this um 
Beyond the initial physical exam, uh, your physician may order several tests to search for West Nile virus or illnesses caused by West Nile, um, such as meningitis or encephalitis. Um, often the way doctors find out if you have West Nile is looking for those conditions. If you have meningitis, that tells the doctor, hey, um, this person has meningitis, and if nothing else, um, comes up that, that might cause it, um, then it's a clue to your physician, hey, we should be looking for West Nile virus right now. Um, so um, other, other tests that um, a doctor may, may do um, <clears throat> to search for West Nile, uh, lab work, especially blood work, um, this can be found to, uh, done to find antibodies in a patient's system corresponding uh, to when the immune system is fighting off West Nile. Um, so when you first get the virus, of course, your immune system will activate and it'll start fighting, um, trying to fight off the infection. Um, so there are specific antibodies that your immune system releases when that's happening and your physician will be looking for those antibodies in your blood. Um, brain scans such as an MRI or EEG will be used to see if there's inflammation in the brain. Again, this is because in cases of severe West Nile, again, that tends to attack the nervous system. That's what they're looking for. Um, inflammation, it can also, you know, again, point to encephalitis or uh, meningitis they, uh, conditions which can be caused by West Nile. So the brain scans um, are very important, especially if you have a severe case of West Nile. Um, most people recover on their own from mild cases of West Nile. Uh, Over-the-counter medications for pain and fever can be used. Um, this is like something like Tylenol is fine to use. Uh, the more severe cases, though, require hospitalization and intravenous medication fluids to be administered for the person to recover. So if, if it is a severe case in which um, the nervous system is in danger, um, they will actually hospitalize you and um, send medication and uh, fluids such as saline, things like that, through an, through an IV. Um, because the um, the West Nile virus in your system is that severe. Um, so interestingly enough, I found this out right now, um, a study on immune cell therapy, it's called interferon, um, is being conducted to see how effective it is in treating encephalitis that's specifically caused by West Nile virus, which I think is interesting. Um, more research is being done, so I don't have any specifics for you on that. Um, hopefully, um, as the research continues, they will release more information on this study. Um, the CDC really has a comprehensive web website on West Nile virus. It includes a lot of resources, including maps uh, showing the spread of the disease, which regions the disease is in um, per year. Um, and I, I linked it linked it in the show notes, so that website is available for you. Um, <clears throat> so again, it's interesting because I remember 
uh, several years ago. I heard a lot about West Nile, and then it kind of just disappeared off the map. Um, West Nile still does exist. It's still out there, and it's still a concern. Although I, I would hesitate to say that you know it's something to be, um, it's something to be cautious about. Certainly, um, I would you know do all of the recommended things. You know, cover your arms, make sure you have mosquito repellent. Um, but I would also say that most people. 20% of people get a milder form so it's not I, I would not be panicking about West Nile um, just talk to your doctor if you think you've been bitten by a mosquito that might have West Nile let them know, they can check for antibodies see if your system is fighting off a virus and then go from there um, <clears throat> again there are further resource, resources in the show notes and I will give them uh, I will make sure they're in there. Um, if you have any questions for me, my email address is Erica H, Erica with a K, H at newheightseducation.org. Um, and I'd love to hear from you, um, anything you'd like to say. If you have a new topic or something you want me to cover that I have not yet covered, by all means, drop me a line. Also, I'd like to hear from some of our international listeners. How are these diseases dealt with um, in your country and what, what is currently going on in your country? Um, I'd like to hear some different perspectives if you'd be interested in sharing with, the, uh, with myself and the listeners. Oh, I also mentioned, as an aside, I mentioned I skipped over one thing that um, a doctor will do to check for West Nile. They do a spinal tap, also called a lumbar puncture. Um, this is used to analyze the fluid around a person's spinal cord and brain for signs that the body is producing white blood cells to fight the virus. Again, this is more focused toward the spine and the brain, again, the nervous system. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to add that in as I recognized that, oh, I skipped over that. So anyway... Um, I hope everyone has a fantastic week. This concludes our discussion of West Nile virus. I will see you next week, um, same time, same place, for an, another new topic. And I hope you found this very interesting. Um, I certainly did um, on, on West Nile. So have a great week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.